<laughs> Booms boom sauce. Boomstick. Boom sauce. Boom sauce. Oh, it's right. Ash's boomstick. <laughs> like, like the evil dead. I just like Boom. Boom. Boomstick. Hello? Hello? Oh, nice. Woo! It's technical difficulties. It's like Arnold, it's working again. Okay, well, we got it then. So everything should be good. Danny, there might be a chance where we'll drop, the call will drop. And if it does, we can just keep carrying on. We can we usually just cut out that spot if it does. Last time we had G, yeah, we had G Monk, yeah. it dropped I think only once. One, yeah, once, twice. twice? Okay, so just let you know. Yeah. Can you hear us? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're in here in this room yeah, in my ears. Cool. Pro. I it is actually <laughs> I got a Shure 57 hooked up. <laughs> oh dang! All right, let's hear. Some, you gotta sing us some songs then. Actually, it's all nice and compressed. It sounds like you're in a sound recording room. Nice. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it definitely does. Well, too. I don't have any other setup, so I had to go downstairs to my musical rig and kind of undo it a little bit. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, dude. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming on. Dude, should we uh, should we go ahead and get this started? Sure. Fuck yes. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do it already. Yeah, I apologize. It, I apologize. It, oh, go ahead. No problem. I Igzy, is that really your name or? No, it's, it's my nickname. Oh, okay. My, it's cool. Like, name. It'd be a cool name, you know. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be my artist. Name. <laughs> nice. Nice. Alias. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. All right, I, Ash, I apologize go ahead. beforehand too. Um, uh, Iggy's on low sleep, so am I. So if we, and I apologize too if we swear it a little too much. I'm feeling fine already. <laughs> well, okay, well, cool. Well, you know, if you guys are burnt, man, let's do it another time. No, 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 no way, never, man. Well, I'm not burnt. I'm just saying that uh, there, we might just be extra silly. You might, you might be giddy, just full <laughs> of like little adrenaline pump, you know, like. Adrenaline. <laughs> it's what's helping us get through the conversation. Youthful exuberance. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Well, let's go ahead and get this started because it's already it's feeling good. So let's just get this, capture this energy and keep going along. Sounds good. So yeah. it's not even gonna cut this out. I don't think. That's that's. Yeah. It, why not? Yeah. Who cares? Well, I, I like that about I like that about the first one I heard. Like it just felt like a good talk show. You know. <laughs> cool. That's yeah. That's the point. Oh, yeah. I think that's. Yeah. Seemed like a bunch of nerds. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, it's not, but it's interesting, you know, like, yeah, we all know we're nerds and a lot of times people don't give a crap about what we do, but it, it, I think like this makes people want to find out personally. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I was, I was so excited, uh, to, to get your text messages. We had a, like a long stream of text messages, but I had sent you this stuff with G Monk and, and your response was so positive. And I was like, man, this is great. I, I think it's like proof of concept, you know, like. I, I, I don't know if like you thought necessarily I was gonna do it or you maybe I don't know I think you're probably busy and I was telling you about it and I was like I want to get you on and it was cool to see uh, your positive reaction and, and I'm, I'm actually a bit it's like concerned that I, I over talk I talk over everybody and no that, no that, I no, no, no. no but that's that's what I, I think that's what makes these work is you can't do it and it's edited it's gonna be fake you know yeah. it has to be yes. real and that's what's so nice about it like you know I think there's a. I think there's a. It's a good thing. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, it's raw and honest. Yeah. Just like exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got to 
yeah we got amazing people like you who, who have crazy stories to 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 tell <laughs> us and, and you know a crazy examples and you have you know such a wealth of knowledge that i know the community would love to have so let me go ahead without further oh, ado <laughs> oh man <laughs> all day long dude i'm a huge i'm a huge danny fan so but let's uh i'm gonna go ahead and introduce you and we'll just keep this all in here but for those of you that are listening don't that don't know who danny is um you should because he's 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 a phenomenal uh artist and creative mind and a, a designer and, and he's he's one of those these kind of people that um i don't know it does he, he's he's just a force to be reckoned with in the creative industry and not in a, a negative way in a very positive way he's a kind of guy that doesn't really um allow any bounds around him he's very much liquid in his creative form and he does motion and he's worked at prologue and he's worked at digital kitchen and he's got how many years of experience now have you, have you been uh in oh, this dang. well i've been i've been doing design professionally since 1994 wow yeah. and I, i've been working in the motion business since i want to say 98 because that's when i first discovered animation and i was doing editorial also but professionally in the motion business since two, 2000 Okay, great. That's awesome. Well, actually, no. Since uh, '98, yeah, I worked at a post house in '98. Okay, there. You, that's. I mean, that's a ton of time right there. So, and you have a wealth of knowledge, and it's it's a it's it's a it's a true pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate it, and uh, I can't wait to get this out to everybody. And, and and thank you again for your time. And yeah, let's get this thing going. You know, let's. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's so much to talk about, and there's just a little bit of time <laughs> to do it. And so let's do it. Let's do it. Yep. Uh, so, um, where should we start? I mean, there's so much to talk about. I mean, you know, I, I mean, we could talk about your past, uh, projects. A lot of people, um, emailed me or send me messages on Twitter or Facebook, and they really want to hear about, um, which I think is great is about like the balance that you're able to achieve because you are one of those guys that have been very progressive and, and on the forefront for many years and you still are, but you, you still are able to maintain a family. And um, I know that's very important to you, and 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 I think that's um, always a struggle for everybody, including myself, and and you know anybody that's into this. You know, we talked about work being a mistress, keeping you up late at night, away from your family, and and that yeah. kind of stuff. And and uh, and um, I think a lot of people are they're really curious, and I was really um, happy to hear that. I, I was like, I was hoping people wouldn't be like, well, what kind of a like a filter does he use? Like, I don't want to hear, it. and I don't want to talk about that necessarily. I want to talk about the, the soul of it and stuff. But if you have, and you know, if you want to I, talk about that, a little bit. let me jump. Let me jump in. Uh, let's 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 not start with that. The reason is let's let's warm it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's already and, warm. And, and I, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it is definitely. <laughs> uh, but, but Danny, if you wanna if you if you wanna answer that, that's fine. But I, I was gonna ask you, maybe you could start with that whole thing where you said you had about thirty five jobs before you got. No, I want to answer the first question. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. With that I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> I did. I and actually, that's a good question. I did have thirty five jobs. I actually had to sit down and count, like, and go through all of this stuff. But one reason why is because like I was this stoner dude and I couldn't I couldn't keep a job very long. You know, at the time when I first started working, I had a lot of issues to work out when I was a teenager and around 20 I figured all that out. But during that part, you know, most of like those were that's where a lot of that happened. But I was also a hard worker too even back then when I had a didn't have a clue on what the heck I was doing with my life that I was taught by my mother who was an extremely hardworking waitress and my father who 
was a terrific artist, but he just, um, I don't know if it's because the industry wasn't there for him or whatever. He just went to be like a, a building inspector, you know, and he was really good at it. He's great with details and he, he builds things just rock solid and that's just his thing. And, um, so I was, I came from a very blue collar family that taught me as a kid, you know, if you're going to work and you're going to contribute and you're going to make something of yourself, but that's how you're going to do it is by working really hard. You know, like on a weekend, I would have to pull weeds and do stuff like that. I hated it, but it taught me the, the ethic of, you know, like you get stuff done by doing this, you know, it's not going to come to you. Yeah. Now, yeah, where was this? Where was this? Uh, was this in California? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. I grew up in the it, I grew up in the Bay Area in a small town called Castro Valley, which happened to be, um, and I didn't find this out until I went to a party one night. It happened to be where Cliff Burton used to live. Yeah, the bass and player I, from Metallica. Yeah, and, I, and I'm like, I'm like, man, who's this <laughs> dude like thrashing his hair around? And he was he was playing with a just in a small corner of this room in this living room with a friend of mine who was on the drums who was part of a biker gang or something like that this um and then and then i go to day on the green in 83 and i see the same dude up there and i'm like what the heck that was <laughs> that was that guy you so know? awesome it was so <laughs> crazy i didn't but anyways that's a that's, different well, that's that's, I mean, that's also no, really amazing. I mean, to, to actually be in the presence of that guy when he was around. If people don't know who he is, you should. And if you don't know anything about like that band or the music itself, you should you should just Google Cliff Burton bass solo or Cliff Burton headbanging and uh, yeah, enjoy the ride because it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty freaking amazing <laughs> how the guy shreds it and he just head he just got this huge locks of hair and he's boom he's raging the whole time through solos and playing like the most amazing uh, bass solos and stuff yeah. But, but I have just one more small story about that oh, same thing please 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 that then when he sure. then when he died you know he got killed famously killed in this bus accident in sweden or something like that yeah and he, he was immediately considered a legend at that time and i was invited to this party in this canyon called it was a call canyon i believe not crow canyon there's two out there i think it was call and call kind of just goes down in the in the end of this valley and it just stops you know, so there's like a weird, like, I don't know, there's like some nudist colony or something at the end of that. But then Tell us I, about I, that. How was that? What? How, many, how many years I, I were you can't. there? I can't. Honestly, I can't. Speak it's a brisky that. point. It's like a fight club thing. But I, 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 go to this, I go to this party and it's in this barn. And like, there's these dudes with like, you know, leather on and all this stuff. And they're hanging upside down on these rafters that are like 40 feet high. And they're going back and forth and jumping all over the place while this band's doing like tribute metallica stuff like it was just this big party it was so funny yeah that i mean that sounds amazing i mean you, that that era itself had a lot of energy um, yeah it did i, it I think did. it had probably more than this era but I, that's it a, did oh hell yeah. it did it, yeah. that's that particular time did because rock was going from you know like the groovy sort of jam bands into the hair metal stuff you know yeah. and the, and while the hair metal stuff was taken off out here in la you know metallica was over there in the bay area doing the anti-hair metal you know they're just bringing in hardcore and all this kind of stuff and yeah. you know a lot a lot came out of that era it's a bit dark it's a bit it dark. was it well it was for us it was guys honest, that were in the hair metal oh. 
Yeah. You know, oh yeah, just, if you're into poison and stuff. Like oh yeah, we're we, you know we're, <laughs> yeah. it's all about glam and excess, and then you guys you got these guys that are singing about killing people and all this stuff, and you're like, wow. Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then it's, it's yeah, it becomes a whole different tool and a device, you know. I, I'm curious. It's interesting not to, not to segue off that, but it, I like to follow music too. I mean, I know Danny, you play music. You you actually actively play quite a bit. And I used to play bass for like eight years or so. And so I Cliff Burton was one of my favorites. But I also I like to follow um, trends in music, and it's always interesting to see how things shift. And right now, I feel like we're on this really like disco's reignited again. So everything feels good and it's enjoyable, but music's so grand and big. There's, it's, there's like, there's no big scene anymore. It's like these little islands of scenes, and it's interesting yeah. to see like where it might go. It might go to negative again, but I'm really am enjoying this. Like, you know, it's like about dancing and having fun. At least that's what I'm getting from a lot of it. You know, like not all of it, but a big part of it. You know. But, well, no, I mean, well, you're right. It's about everything, actually. It's yeah. all. It's it's like this big fusion and. You know, like who who in the heck would ever think that you'd reach a, a point in time in the history of music where you go to a, what's called a hard rock festival and you see a bunch of guys up there with banjos and stuff. You're like, what the heck? What is this? <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's kind of cool because you don't know what's around the corner. And it's such a to see all of these different things merge and create good music is just like it's a real eye opener, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful too, and especially as a as a musician yourself, and we can talk about that a little bit and how that impacts your creative side. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that of them as being quite different, or do you think of them as being similar? And how do you utilize like because you play the guitar, and, and when you do play guitar, is that kind of like to step away from it? Uh, yes. Step away from um, yes. Disconnect. It is. Yeah. It is. I, I mean, I started before I got into this business. I. You know, in my teens, I played it a lot, and I'm and I wanted to be a rock star like everyone else, like myself back then. But, you know, I was you like, are a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna say it, but you know, uh, ask, you, know you, you guys are too. <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah, right. but, well, he is. <laughs> but the um, now for me personally, it's become just an outlet. Like I've, I really am a, I'm a firm believer in having an outlet because you will reach a point in your career where you're going to get burned out. It, it just happens, you know, either, either it's from being strung along on something that you can't control, or if it's just strictly out of passion, you're going to reach a point in time where you come to the end of yourself. Now, I know that sounds really deep, but that ultimately is what it is, is that so you either push something too hard or you give something too much love or you're being pulled too hard, you know? And so when you reach that point, you have to go, okay, how am I going to kind of reset and what can kind of keep me going that's still creative, but is a complete opposite of what I'm doing right now. So that when I come back to what I do for a living, it's fresh again. Mm. Yeah. And Nope. But let, let me get back really quickly. Forgive me for sure, kind of sure. controlling this conversation. No, no please, please. Hell no. Take, Hell no. Let me, let me... <laughs> There's no structure here. It's a Quentin Tarantino podcast. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, cool. I think I'll sing a song. So, yeah, any... you sound like <laughs> yeah. That, you got that mic, you know? I mean, let yeah. Me... No, but getting back, I want to just go back to the, um, the work thing. What I wanted to say about that, just to then put it aside, was what i what i don't regret about doing those 35 jobs is that i learned how to do so many different things and and beyond that i learned how to really appreciate what i do now because 
I've been a, I've been a, you know, I've, I've done everything from cleaning toilets to driving, you know, auto parts and pizzas and, and digging ditches and all of that stuff. And a lot of, we need to remind ourselves how lucky we really are to be able to do the kinds of things that we, <laughs> we get to do and get paid yeah. for it. You know, we're going yeah. to school every single day and we're even able to benefit, you know, through accolades or just hanging out with good people or whatever. We're very lucky to be in this business. Absolutely. Yeah, we talk about that often. You know, we'll have our text messages and be like, you know, how are you doing? Oh, good. And it's like, a, yeah, it's a hard life, right? <laughs> and it, But it's funny is that it's so, uh, it becomes, it's almost like, and I know you, you you suffer from the same things we talked about it, but you kind of, it's it's hard sometimes to, to pull yourself out and to remind yourself that, hey, we're not saving lives. Uh, it doesn't have to be this difficult. And um, it's all self-induced almost, you know, and and I think it comes from the, 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 I think we have, you know, when you talk about your childhood and, and the things that you're saying with all the jobs and stuff, we have very similar upbringings, at least from that foundation. And I think a lot of it comes from understanding how to earn your day and the fear of not being able to provide for your family. That's why maybe overcompensation, yes. you know, and, and, yep. and that can lead you very high and dry when, when you, um, come to the end of the road yeah you know? yes. and i'd like to talk a little bit about that later on too about um, the idea of like you know i mean i don't know if we can touch about it. and maybe not maybe it's too personal but like the the act of you know like depression and what happens with that and sure. how to get past that because i mean i had that i had a really heavy stint after prologue and, and i could talk about that more but i know i'm sure you've encountered it yourself throughout the years I, of what you've done quite often yes it, yeah. it's uh, quite a bit yes and it's it's a it's a dark place, and especially for a creative person and a person like yourself who is able to, you have worlds in your head almost, or you you develop them as you go along, and 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 the act of being able to have that kind of a gift is, is a really beautiful thing, and to and to somehow physically show the rest of the world like, hey, this is an idea that I have in my head that was a culmination of the thoughts, you know, and 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 the idea of, of that mind also being controlled by depression and, and the control that that can put in fear, you know, it's it's a pretty, it's a strong thing to think about and how that impacts your creative world and, and how you develop and stuff. So it it does, but I've also I've also learned about depression that a lot of times the suppression the suppression of our emotions almost creates like this well of activity that once you re-release it, it's that's where a lot of most of the really good creative stuff comes from. Is you know we kind of burst out of this depression or we're dealing with it. You know, yeah. and, and, and then that's our processing, you know, like we're noodling this thing and we feel better because we're working on something that to us matters, you know, but, but then we get depressed again. And the reason why is because there's, you know, as, as you probably know, there's different kinds of depression. There's depression from adrenaline, you know, yeah. when, when you've worked on something really long and it stops and you deliver it, it's like you're giving your baby away and you're like, well, there they go. Now what do I do? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the empty nest syndrome, as that was called, or something. It, like that. it kind of, it kind of is like that. But what we don't understand too is it's really our body's way of kind of resetting itself. Yeah, and it, and it isn't until, knowing it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So we have to try to see it that way and understand it and go, okay, that's all it is. It's cool. I'll be fine. I just need to kind of chill out for a little bit, and everything will be fine. Yeah. But then there's the other kind of depression that comes purely from fear and not knowing how you're going to pay the bills. And gosh, I remember when I first started in this business, you know, um, I remember being on the basement floor on my knees, crying and praying to God, you know, how are we going to make this the end of this month? 
you know, and I was working. I was a professional working in this business at that time, and, but my salary was crap, you know, and, and I was in a little bit of credit debt and it was kind of a mess. Yeah. And I, I, I had to learn how to get out of that. You know, but you know, it'll. That's what makes you amazing, though. I really think that you know, if people are, are listening to this, I, that to me is what makes you who you are. It's those hard moments of crying, uh, just the feeling of, how the hell am I going to pull this off? And and that's why I think, like I've talked about it. I, I your most recent thing was a, uh, was that uh, I'm trying to think of the thing you most recently did was it for semi permanent? Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. For semi-permanent, and I sent to a friend, and I think he was missing the point of what makes you you. And I was kind of, and this is my interpretation of it. I feel that you touch every frame, and you have a, a way of in putting your soul into each thing that you work on. It's was, and so when you see it, it's not this like soulless After Effects plugin. It's it's somebody that sat there and really just put themselves into it. And I think that only comes from somebody that goes deep into themselves. You know, uh, as I a think person, you're right. yeah, I, I think, think that's it. Right. You know, so I, that's, I, a, that's how I felt. I think you get that too. I see that in your work. You know, it, it, you know, and you have that understanding. It's true. Like we are all ourselves, and God made us a certain way. Yeah. You know, and and only and and even if we're copying someone, we're still going to do it our own way. I wouldn't recommend you know copying someone unless you're just learning the trade. But you know what I'm saying. And oh, and that's a different subject in itself. I mean, really. We all kind of we copy something, you know. We just we just don't want to believe that we're doing it. You yeah, know? definitely. And, and if we're smart, you know, we'll find a way to do it that's ownable. We call it ownable, but but what are we owning? You know, we're owning like a lot of influences and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a culmination of ideas. You know, sometimes sometimes it's it's really hard to own that, and that's what makes this industry so weird, doesn't it? It's because yeah. you, like people are putting ownership on ideas, and and yes. um, what a weird concept, you know? Isn't that well, weird? I mean, to me, I, I always try to think about things like if we went back to like the caveman era where it's like you know fight or flight and survival mode how silly is it to try and talk about this kind of stuff you know like yeah. oh i have this idea i'm gonna sell it for blah 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 and it's like whoa it's like this whole um it's a weird thing really for me to like, get my head around you know and it people is, that are really successful at it it's just really weird you know yeah, know. It, yeah. It, it is it is weird when there's ego involved it, <laughs> yeah but which you, always is you know? yeah there is and um but there's a side of it too where you have to be careful about how much you're revealing because what because you're still it's still your thing you know and and you can't say well even though someone else had a really heavy part in what it is that you do you know you still need you can't back down from your involvement and it, well what am i trying to say i'm trying to say you have to be careful about elevating someone else to the point where the client just goes oh, i'm going to call that guy next time <laughs> yeah that's a good thing to talk about actually that, <laughs> i'm I, i'm sorry i said no, that's it, not, but that's no, that's part good. of this business you know you, you have Absolutely. to be very crafty in the way that you deal with your presence Definitely. and you but you also have to be honest with yourself too and understand that you know if i wasn't around this project wouldn't have been this yeah. You know, it, it, and that's not an ego thing. That's you kind of going, you know, I'm not going to be ashamed to take advantage of this. And, and they're very talented, but they need to go get their thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you're helping them too. 
you know, yeah. they're, these people involved are able to advance their careers and do their own thing, but they can't do that unless they quote unquote pay their, you know, pay their own uh, dues. dues. Yeah. That's right. We you had to do it. Everyone else has to do it. Definitely. Everybody has to, you know, lead their own path. And, you know, that's why I'm on my own now here down in, in, in my own house working. But I think that you're, you're kind of touching on the idea that when you, when you work, and, and for example, like within Pro, Prologue, you, you work with many different people, but you like to have a certain type of ownership, not in a bad way, in, a, in your own way, because it's part of your involvement in the project, right? Is that what you're kind of getting at? It's like, and, well, and what, yes, yes, but not for, not clearly for ownership only. I mean, that's ego. Of course, you, sh you share, you share it though, you know, like. I, I uh, like to, I, I look at it that way. I look at it like, let's forget about, you know, who's doing it and who's going to take credit and whatever. Let's just have some fun and make something really cool. And if we can all benefit from it, great. But that's yeah. not why we're doing it. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're doing it because this is what gets us up in the morning and we don't want to do some crappy, you know, food <laughs> commercial or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people love that, but yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a really good thing to think about. And also to, it gets, it's, I think, uh, there's a lot of lure, right? I mean, because you, you, you yourself have become a celebrity within this industry, uh, and, and there's a lot of, um, Rockstar. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of like uh, um, shiny lights, I guess how I'm going to say it. And they can distract you from who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it, right? You know, and I've seen well, it with other creatives that they, yeah. get, they get, they find the idea of um, the shiny light more important than sitting in there in the trenches and working your ass off to earn that. And that's one thing I get kind of I get kind of on the fence with with that is I, I I find that in this world there's many different types of people but I break them down and usually into two types of people there there's people that do things and people that talk about doing things and I find that I've I've only found like one in ten people I've like, been that person for a long time <laughs> one in ten people that I know one in ten people that I know or I come across or meet are are doers and the rest of them are talkers and yep. it's very it's very hard and I feel very bad for those people because. Uh, it's very important, at least for me, every day to earn my day. Like I feel, and I'm sure Danny, you might feel the same, uh, and we all do probably, hopefully, is we're all on borrowed time, and you got to really be uh, thankful for the time that you have here, and and right. you got to earn it, you know, like, and, and there's no other way to do it, really. Yeah. Well, uh, but and, you know, let let the posers be posers, though, because that yeah, stuff catches up with you eventually. Absolutely. Where where people are, look at everything that you've talked about, and they're like, wait a minute, this guy didn't do this. You know, you, you yeah. suck. You know, see you later. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's a cheap way to build your presence, but there's nothing holding it up. You know, it's just like this, it's this a balloon that floats for a little bit and then it just withers. Yeah. You, and you see that? Do you see that a lot with like the Internet? And, and yes, and I do. I do. And that's that's a concern I have, actually, is that. Um, it's interesting. What we're seeing now is everyone can be famous, and it cheapens fame itself. It does, yeah. It, it, it's the weirdest thing that's happening culturally right now, and we haven't really seen the effects of it. You know, like even, even just the stupid thing of you know someone's got Facebook and they take fifty-two pictures of their self looking a certain way, and they put it's narcissism. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're so like into this. Everyone's got, yeah, it's the, but it's a product. We're all spinning ourselves like products, and we don't even realize that. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's also interesting to think, and, and, and Anthony and I have talked about this a lot, is that how um, 
the products that we allow to be involved with uh, Google and all this stuff, like they feed on us to kind of control us as well in a very subtle way. It hasn't been really imposed yet, but our phones know exactly where we are. Uh, Google knows what we're searching. There's search engines set up for different things. You know, it's like, it's interesting to think about. Like, and, you know, well, well, but that, you know, I mean, I, I know what you mean. And, and a lot of, but a lot of people, they turn this into this Orwellian cloud that's hanging over us. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, it will become that. It will. I mean, eventually through a war or some disaster in this country, the government will clamp down harder and harder. That's way out. You know, like some, something will happen eventually where, um, you know, you could get a pretty deep into this subject. Yeah, why not? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a podcast, I'm, baby. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> well, I, I'm a, I'm a born again Christian and I, and I read my Bible quite a bit. And okay. there is a point in history where a certain world leader will emerge. Who knows when that's going to happen, but that world leader will have control over everything. And doesn't it make sense that obviously they would use in a system like this in order to do that and control people. But it's a it's a gradual process that needs to occur over the history of time for that to eventually happen, and I think it'll finally come across through some major crisis, you know, yeah. some, something where the whole world has to come together and go. The only way we're going to survive is by this thing. Well, yeah, and that's why idea. that's why I like sci-fi so much too. You know, like we're always <laughs> we're touching on the same subject in every sci-fi movie. And it's funny, like the it, it like the latest uh, trend is like uh, you know Washington being destroyed, which is hilarious. <laughs> but the, uh, but to get back to the, yeah. the ego thing really quickly, there was a point in time, it, there was a point in time in my professional career when I did see that as more important. And but it, it's like a drug, you know. You see your you see an article in a magazine on yourself, and you get really fired up. And you start getting fired up because you say to yourself, "Wow, you know, finally people are seeing all this hard work I'm putting into this thing." But the problem that can happen is that you become addicted to that, you know, like you're looking yeah. for that rush. And once that rush like drives you, yeah. you start to lose a sense of yourself. So um, the prob the problem with, well, let's just call it fame. Okay. It's kind of stupid to call it that because we're at such a low level of it. But it reaches a point where people recognize what you do. What can happen is that that becomes an addiction. You know, you see yourself in an article, um, you get a real rush from that. And then and then what unfortunately can occur is you want to see yourself in the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's what drives what you're going to do. And um, there was a point in my career when that drove me that way. And, you know, I call it plain and simple selfish ambition. And when you're when you're operating in selfish ambition mode, you don't care what people think. You don't care about their credit. You just want them to pour their life into what you're doing to prop you up. And oftentimes you don't see that coming and you, you're not viewing yourself that way when you're doing it. You know, it's just part of your human nature, but you're kind of letting that part of your nature run wild a little bit. You know, that's when you're feeding that addiction. And I had to learn through some small lessons and large lessons that if I operate that way and treat people that way, eventually I'll have no one to work with. And then I came to the conclusion that, you know, this really isn't about me anymore. Like this is about sharing something with other people. And isn't that a much better way to live anyways? You know, 
but sometimes sometimes we just get a little off track and we're we're pursuing the wrong things and that it can happen to anybody yeah people really don't wouldn't i don't think most people that haven't experienced that kind of little bit of fame or whatever would understand it until that happens to you and it is like i haven't even come close to even touching the level that you have but at the same time there's been moments where i feel like i've been wrapped up in that and that like oh let me refresh this page and see how many views and and i find myself like what am i doing here (laughs) like i should be going and drawing because that's way more important that's the main point that's the thing i should be focusing on but it's easy it's very easy to, to get lost in that. But it's, it's, it's really beautiful if you can look at it and learn from it and also um, have compassion for people that, that um, fail at that. Yeah, yeah, you we're know? all human. We're all human. And, yeah. we, and we can't judge ourselves too hard either. You know, it's, true, it's a true. very tempting thing. You know, when people are, people prop you up, you don't even have to do it. You know, they'll surround you with an entourage or whatever and you feel really important. And maybe it's not a bad thing to kind of just soak in the sun for a little bit, but you have to remember where your roots are. You know, you can't lose a sense of yourself if and when that happens. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that, that, that's why, you know, a lot of people when, you know, when you meet a lot of actors, they can be kind of terrible people, a lot of them, because they're operating in this shell of, you know, like they're not really, they they're so external you know and that they haven't really dealt with that you know kind of they haven't they haven't cultivated the garden as it were inside themselves you know they're they're working so hard at this outer stuff but uh, but the best to please others yeah but but the best people the, the best actors that i've met in hollywood really have gone through that process and they emerge from it as, you know, okay, I'm a human being and I need to treat people the same way. You'd be, you'd be blown away at some of the top level people that I've met that are just decent people. You know, they're, they're, they're like my neighbor. Yeah. Well, yes, they've learned that either they've learned that they have to be, or they're just good people and they've never had to deal with those issues. Yeah, and that's it's, uh, that takes a lot of things. Let me say one thing though. Like time turns back before we started getting cut out, is that you were saying about how <laughs> all these things, um, you know, when you're when you're going along this path of, of your creative career and journey and all that stuff. And I like to look at it almost like like a like a soup. Like you're a soup, and and you can put the right ingredients in to make this amazing soup, and it takes a while to cook, and I have to, you know. But then if you if you're not careful, you put the wrong ingredients in, and you can have a really shitty soup and it's all about the ingredients that you put in your life and right. just to like break it down to something so simple as soup relations but i love soup but you know like the idea though is um if you if, if you start to follow like oh i'm gonna follow all this stuff on twitter and i'm gonna follow this attention i'm getting and blah 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 and that and you're not putting the focus on i need to find the right ingredients i need and those ingredients are you know being surrounded by healthy people that you love um, people that support you or people that are around you that you you admire that are growing you know things like ingredients like that in your life or which are so valuable taking care of yourself you know like g monk was t- saying it was, uh, his i thought his whole uh three roles of success and stuff and his own career path were very phenomenal i thought i couldn't agree more with all of the things that he said but i think that with you danny i feel that y- you're touching on that same thing like you've you've had the idea opportunity to make your soup bad and you did it and then you learned how to like you know make your life a little bit better in different ways and, well, and pull things well, out and, and analyze the, the way, it, you know? yeah the, the way i look at it is 
where you know if you were to imagine this is probably a goofy analogy you know if you were to imagine our let's call it our soul you know our soul is this box or you know and that means you know our mind our emotions and our will if 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 we we have all these compartments you know we have you know um education we've got health you know making a living you know uh having fun you know and at the middle of this is you know a, a very our spiritual component you know i call it a god-shaped vacuum and the problem in life and this is my own experience is that when you feel when you try to fill the god part with something else you know money or fame or health or food or whatever that's where you throw everything off you know that's why we have these issues and forgive me if i'm sounding like a clinical psychologist or something like that yeah. but this is this is just how it is yeah. and when you when you become more mature in your understanding of that you start to realize that you have to have that in check if you're going to really produce well you can you can cheapen that you know you can sure you could extract from the bank of production you know let's just call it that you could spend all your time producing and producing and producing but eventually you're going to have to pay for everything else that you didn't take care of you know even if it's just you know a, a stupid small analogy of that would just be your apartment going to heck while you're on this project or you know just stupid stuff like that but but sometimes you can create a lot of wreckage in your life on a big scale when you don't have those things in check mm. yeah i mean that's interesting we can segue we can segue into the work life balance which is one of the questions that you got sent ash right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and, i mean yeah look this here, is yeah. pretty good right here but yeah. once but, you but, set up the question i want to i want to counterbalance what i said though a little bit first is that sure there definitely is a harvest time in our career and we need to be in the harvest you know because it it greatly you know you're young once you have a small window where you got to do this stuff you know and and you're going to throw things out of balance it's just part of the deal but you always have to come back as soon as you can to you know to set everything back in place you know yeah. it's like a rubber band you know you got to stretch that sucker every now and then <laughs> but it, but eventually it has to come back to its original form yeah now, how long did it take you to do to gather your own harvest so to speak or to, to learn the, the your trade like when you first i think i think i was this path I, that's a good question i think i probably wasn't really ready to do my thing until about five years into it mm. yep. and i understand that you had a you had a mentor yes right several and really how, how the, the i'm sorry can you talk a little bit about that yeah, yeah. just talk about your mentors that's very interesting i interrupted you do you want to ask that question again oh well i was just gonna say that um yes if you can talk about your mentors sure. throughout your life when you were first learning your after the five, the five years you know like the five years after, of harvest i suppose you were talking about for yeah. well any actually any time really like when you whenever you first had that first teacher because i remember uh you had at that sydney conference where you said um i forgot his name but i remember the last last name van dyke i yes. think some, yeah. someone right yeah was that your first first mentor who taught you about composition the That's negative correct. space as you mentioned he was the first guy right yes and and i apologize for that interruption 
but I, I no, you better I, I be was, sorry. Uh, this is a serious <laughs> podcast. <laughs> serious podcast. Just tell, just tell us to shut the <laughs> hell up and listen. Like, yeah, yeah. No, shut up. I'm talking now. I actually, uh, right. I actually was in, I actually was in a meeting with the top director. I won't give his name. Who did that? Like he was on this tangent about this idea he had, and he literally shut everything down by telling everyone to stop talking so he could finish his idea. Uh, <laughs> it was so like there, I had no respect for Roger. That was so hilarious. Uh, no, you had no respect. <laughs> but but any anyways, um, right. <laughs> now I'm gonna shut all you down and be a jerk. Yeah. Anyways, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm talking now. <laughs> no, the um, <laughs> yes, I I was very fortunate, and if anyone has this opportunity in their life, you better seize it because this is, you know this will really you know get you on your path is that i was taken under the wing of this guy i was a terrible designer when i first started in this business but i had a lot of motivation and i worked super hard and i was pursuing a lot of technical things which at the time was relatively new this was back in 91 you know and um the computers back he, then what? yeah he he was an established designer he was a big name in um What's his name again? His, Can you his say name that? was John Van Dyke. He was a big name in the annual report side of everything. And back then, you have to understand, in the 80s and 90s and early 90s, annual reports were a big deal because uh, Wall Street was just going crazy. You know, so he was a, a rock star in a sense in the design world that way. And that was just his thing. You know, he lived in Seattle and worked in Seattle. And that was kind of you could make a lot of money doing those things up there. But he, he loved design. And. He, um, he actually got a call from Saul Bass one day to have him come work for him back in the day, and he turned it down because he had his own business, and his business was doing well. But I think he always wanted to do entertainment. You know, He just couldn't because he was a great designer. He's wonderful with typography. He's a, a Dutch designer and great with photography, and he had extremely good taste. And he took me and this goofy kid that you know, was doing all this technical stuff because he wanted to add, he wanted to pursue, you know, what the future of annual reports could be. None of us knew at the time that it wouldn't be CD-ROMs or videos that would, you know, just be on the internet. It would be some crappy PDF that you download or whatever. But at the, <laughs> at the time, he saw that as, you know, this is really going to change the way that this, you know, that, that we'll do this business. How did you yeah. come into his life? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But I just well, to he, he, no, that's okay. I was just sending my stuff out to every shop in town, and I didn't even know who he was. To the male, right? Yeah, he's a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he what? Did you say he was a male? I said through the mail. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, what I'm getting at is that there was uh, the internet wasn't prolific, right? It wasn't like this. Oh, yeah, man. you're right, man. You know that's a weird thought, but yeah, it was I mean, through the mail. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I printed labels. You know, we were kind of technical back then, but <laughs> but no, dude, that was that was the thing. Like, yeah. you know, you had to you had to make a video. Oh my gosh, a video cassette. You know, that you give to people. <laughs> You had to, and then that evolved into whoa, you know, CD-ROMs, and yeah. But that's how you did it back then. Uh, this is so cool. I want to talk about that more, but please continue. I was just, I'm just actually giving you, giving you shit. <laughs> well, well, I, the, can, I, can, I remember the, the internet not being big too, so I mean. Well, it's, I like talking about this because this is how I got my foot in the door. Yeah. And this is a lesson. This is a lesson to all you students, you know, trying to get in because you're in a very saturated market right now. 
find a way to do something completely different than everyone else. You're going to be in the sea of a lot of, you know, you're going to be sitting on, in a in a pile of resumes, either in someone's you know email or on a desk. You know, thank God we don't send things physically anymore. But you know, and you have to really stand out. And how I did it, I I knew my shortcomings. I knew that I sucked. I didn't go to school. <laughs> And but I, I really wanted to get in so I could learn something. And I did an interactive piece, which at the time no one was doing. Everyone was sending their nice Cranbrook resumes, you know, and they would do stupid stuff like their portfolio would be like a chainsaw blade or, you know, like a, a table saw blade, you know, to be all edgy and all this kind of stuff. I'm cool. And they, yeah, they yeah, they would send these ridiculous packages, but they were all the same, you know, and yeah. fine. So he saw this goofy kid from Marysville, Washington with this thing. And he's like, whoa, that's really cool. And that's what got him fired up about wanting. He saw the future, you know, he, he and he saw that there was this kid who kind of was into that stuff, you know, and he brought me in there to help him with that side of his business. And then I, I poured myself into that and I begged him to hire me on staff. And, and I worked for him for four and a half years and you know, um, and we made, we got some awards and did all this stuff, but I learned so much for, by that guy taking me in, you know, under his wing. And, and then, you know, um, in the motion business, the same thing with Paul Matthias, you know, digital kitchen, I wasn't in the motion business. I was a, kind of a, not a great motion designer either. I was good, but I wasn't nothing like, you know, um, I had a long way to go with some things. And uh, he... You weren't anything like Alistair Wilson. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Alistair, that's right. Alistair, you got to come here. You do the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> you self-conscious bastard. He, he's British now, right? He's too Robert for us, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Continue. I love Alistair, man. I just picture like someday he's gonna ditch the whole English thing. He's gonna come home in a in a kilt, you know. And he's gonna have like, he, and then he's gonna have like some like striped leggings or something that he's wearing under the kilt. Oh know? yeah, yeah, because he wears very interesting clothing. He always has it, like yeah. pink pink belts and sh shorts during the rain and like like <laughs> interesting <laughs> shoes and stuff. Yeah, flavor. Yeah. That's right. But you know that that, that kind of gets back to this point, right? Is that you have to have <laughs> you have to have your thing going on, and it has to be different than someone else. Yeah. But but that's how I got in, and I I learned. Unfortunately for me too, though, I entered this business at a point in in you know design history when the desktop, you know, a desktop computing system was destroying you know the analog side of the business. You know, it was putting print shops out of business and then it, you know, then it was putting guys with Quantels out of business. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just really coming in that way where guys like me could buy it and do cool stuff and I didn't have to have a turnkey system. And that kind of helped, you know, that enabled, you know, my career as well. You guys are in a totally different deal, you know, when social media is going crazy, but it's, it's the same kind of thing, you know? Yeah, you always have to be different, right? You know, it's like, uh, you get, and that's a big thing we try to talk about too when Gmonk was on is like value your worth as yourself, you know, like understand that you yourself have um, a voice, whatever it is, 
uh, and you'll find it, but it's through hard work. <laughs> it's not through any other way, really. <laughs> well, you're opinion. right. You're right. And and you could, if you put two, excuse me, if you put two guys together in a room, and one guy is amazingly talented, but he's lazy, and the other guy kind of sucks a little bit, but he could learn fast, and he works really hard. That guy who works really hard will eventually find a way to get better than the guy who's lazy. Yep, couldn't agree more. And and you see it in this business a lot. You know, a lot of guys who are kind of jaded and they're like, yeah, I've been there, done that, yeah. And they're not really excited about pursuing new things. And then you got this guy that's just rising for, you know, he's just on fire. And, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, he does this thing and you're, everyone's like, whoa, holy crap, where'd that come from? Yeah. Are you referring to Ash Thor? No, no, I'm not. I, I'm like, I, I, I know. Well, yeah, well, I remember. I haven't even found myself yet. Well, Ash, I, re I remember working with you the same thing, though. Like, you were, in my view, you at Prologue, there was a point where you were underutilized. And I, I saw, could we talk about you? Is that okay? If you want to. I'm embarrassed. Sure. No, sure. no. I mean, dude, yeah. uh, that's fine. I, I, oh, I want to hear that story because I have <laughs> I don't so, really well, tell. Here's, yeah. Well, here's the thing: is like I saw him in this corner over there, hired on as this freelancer, and he sweating, was doing, sweating. And and I go, um, <laughs> I, I just asked you one day. I don't know if you remember this, but I go, show me your reel. Like I'd like to see what. And I always like doing that with new designers because I know that everyone's there because they're good at something. You know, Kyle must yeah, have Kyle something in all of you, right? Yeah. And absolutely. so you're sitting over there, and I realize, holy crap, this guy is a really good illustrator. And you were you were doing something completely opposite of that, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Shoot, man, I'm gonna have them have him work on me with this thing." And I forget what we worked on, but then after that, I got really excited because I thought after that, you know, like Kyle saw what you were doing, and then he hired you for something, and we were just you know kind of going back and forth. And <laughs> I know that you reached a point where you got a little burnt, as we all do. <laughs> yeah, you know, just but, a little bit. But yeah. man, I, I mean, I. I because you worked hard and because you, of course, I have to add to, if you're not talented, you can work as hard as you want and you're going to suck. You know, like, <laughs> you have to have talent, but, yeah. but we, um, but you have well, to, cult you, what we're really talking about here is you have to cultivate that talent. Yes, and that's yes. the only way to do it is to work, work your tail off. Yeah. And you, yeah. you did that. You had that ethic. And because you had that ethic, you were able to build body of work very fast. Yeah, it was that year, man. It was that year. Yep. It was, a, it was a, you know, you'll always, the longer you get in, the longer you grow in your career, the pain of that year will get less and less. Trust oh, yeah, me. absolutely. Absolutely. It's already diminished, you know, like I've already, you know, uh, fixed the things. I The thing I remember really closely about that whole time is I remember deciding that to go and do that and then working all the details out with my wife my poor wife i feel so bad for her <laughs> i feel bad for her to deal with me <laughs> and then uh then to be up there and then i remember going and approaching you in your office you had that little office and i go in there and i remember being like are you danny you're like yes how are you and i'm like you don't know me but i'm gonna totally nerd all over you right now i just i just i was just like oh, wow. I, I was just basically you know i just i think i tried to just tell you that i'm here because i want to learn with you you know and i'm here to work my ass off and uh you know i'm really excited about it i think I, i'd watched your fora video i show that to everybody all the time you're probably like no don't do that but i love that talk because i finally I, I, when i watched it it was right when i was deciding whether i was going to do it and, and your whole idea of 
hard work and motivation and taking care of things, but it all comes down to really wanting things. And uh, uh, that's how I knew I was like, okay, this is a human. This is a human being because even even before being in this industry, he's a robot. Yeah, I just I, I was really afraid that I was going to run into just a bunch of just uh, cyborgs and, and just weirdos, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a guy who has a soul and he has an understanding of how things uh, should play out. And I, and I really. Uh, it was, it was, I was really drawn to that, you know, and it was really important. I think that some of my best times, my most memorable times at Prologue was working with you and Ilya, who you, you two are, I would have to say, my top favorite designers ever, really. You know, I think the two of you guys and being able to say I even worked with you guys is just like, it was always like, uh, like almost wanting to bring me to tears, you know, it was like so exciting. I, I appreciate that, but <laughs> I, I appreciate that. But I see it like we all have that same level i think Ilya especially but that good dude is amazing and Ilya, Ilya if you're listening to this you better get your work out there man like come on yeah, like seriously it's like uh He's we so... all know we all know who you are those that are kind of tapped into this stuff but <laughs> you know don't waste that don't let it fall away dude like get it out there right yeah. i mean Shelf but life. but you're you were right in what in a conversation you have with with, with bradley <laughs> Bradley. Bradley, I can't call him G Mug. It's too weird. So. I, I'm just messing with you, G Mug. Love Brad. Brad. But no, no, seriously, Brad. Um, you're right. Ilya is not that guy. You know, he's not that kind of guy. But it's it's because it's because he doesn't want to be like everyone else. That's his whole thing, you know. And that's yep. what makes him so amazing is that if you're gonna do that, then he's not. He's gonna do this, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's how he does. That's his voice. He lives it, yeah. Yeah, yep. but it, no, but I really I really believe that there's someone is gonna write some history piece on him someday, and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna the article is gonna be, you know, this guy behind the scenes that impacted all this stuff, and and then then the attention is just gonna come to him whether he wants it or not. Yeah, it's gonna you know it's, you know things like this, these conversations, this podcast have spreads, people find out, you know, it just it just takes time, but yeah, I agree, and I, that's what it is though, and and, and even like. Iggy was asking me like, "Well, we should get him on." I'm like, no, he would never do that. Like, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. No, That's he not wouldn't. his style. He he very much likes to. And I think uh, he is much more mature in that sense. Where um, not mature, he's just he's on a different level where he doesn't need that like quick satisfaction from the world to say that he's okay. Validation. He doesn't need val. It's like that to me. To me, that's like. You're a real badass if you can do well, that. Well, you, you are, you are because yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe um, he would be offended by me saying this, but I think for him it's a personal discipline. You know, yeah. he he probably sees it as, and forgive me, Olya, if I have this wrong, if you're hearing this, but I think he sees it as he doesn't want to get involved in that aspect of it you know absolutely i could i think that's exactly it you know and i i respect that for what it is because i think it's great and yeah i think that's why i think also I, I feel that maybe you're attracted to the same thing is that it's so uh, uh so unique and pure you know when it's like the world you could have the world at your fingertips with that kind of stuff and you decide it's not even you already have it you don't need it like that you know well, and but but there there was sense. there was a point, but like I said earlier though, there was a point where that was my focus, and I was able to get the kind of attention that I wanted. But then when I had it, I didn't know what to do with it. It almost yeah. Yeah. it almost collapsed onto me, you know. And it's interesting you bring up the Fora talk because what a lot of people don't know is right after that period is when 
I started to come to an end of myself, you know, like, like things started going wrong and I was like, what's happening, you know? And, and I realized that I wasn't focusing on the right things in my career, Mm. you know? And, and what I mean by that mostly is, well, like, for example, one area that was really suffering in my life at that time was my kids. Mm. They were, they were reaching that really malleable, you know, um, age of puberty where if, if you're, if the dad is not there, you're really going to screw them up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and looking back, I almost see some, some scars there, you know, like they're out of it now. Like they're, that's good. All, all of that is back in balance and they're just ready to take on the world and it's awesome. Boys, I, right? All, You're two yes. boys. Yeah. yeah, I got uh, one is 18, just turned 18 yesterday. Jacob. Is that Kyle or Jacob? Okay, just, Jacob. Jake, he like Jake Yaunt as he refers to himself. Hi, Jake. He, he's a, he's a tower of a being, man. He's like 6'4", you know. Wow. I, I don't know where he gets his height. He's always <laughs> Anyways. I could gush about them forever. And then there's Kyle. Good. You should who's be just able to a, Let's do Yeah, let's do this. Kyle do is it. a... <laughs> who cares? That's great. My, they're, my, they're other son, my other son, Kyle, is uh, he's in a university right now, and he's studying computer science, and, and he loves, like, electronic music and stuff. Yeah, and that's right. He's just like this, you know, really active. Yeah, and, and Jacob's like this really social dude who's a really great leader. But I almost screwed that up as a dad. And I, I was, I didn't even see it. Like, it wasn't until we were on some outing or something, and I'm looking at him and I'm going, "Gosh, do I really know these kids?" You know, it, it's one of those father moments that most dads will go through that. You know, because you, it's the same thing if you're pushing your career really hard and you're getting that in order while you're raising a family, and you know, you get so caught up in the harvest that you're kind of forgetting, you know, what's going on over here. Absolutely. You saved me from that prologue. You told me that you had felt like you missed chunks of your your kid's childhood. And uh, right when you said that, I realized, like, why do I think that this place is more important than my family? And then it's because it becomes so consuming. And yep. you get it's it's so um, when you have to work at that level, it's every second of your day is dedicated to work and being better. Well, but, and it, but what, it yes, it, and you lose track right. of what's important. And that's well, and, so and, scary. And you realize, you realize what you're doing the first time that you understand how vain this yeah. stuff can be. Yeah. You know, you, you get this, you get this ton of recognition, and then it just goes away, and the crowd is going over here to someone else. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, wow, man, what happened to that? Like, I worked so hard at that. How come it's not still going on? And then you start questioning yourself. You're like, why do I care about this? Yeah. You know, this, yeah. this is kind of stupid. What, what <laughs> am I doing right now? Yeah, yeah, and then you realize who, who's always going to be there, and not just because like I mean it's it's it seems like it also when we say this when we talk about this like this it also seems like another selfish thing to fall into like what's important what's more important who gives me love who doesn't well blah, well blah. it is, it is and that's what I mean by that you you understand this is selfish like I'm oh not, yeah yeah it's a, I, it's when you wake up in that moment yeah. and you're like geez yep. what am I doing like. Yep. Yeah. Who have I forgotten? I've forgotten the raw, the, the, the right people. Here. Yeah, and, and, and we find a ton we find tons of ways of justifying that. Like, you know, I'm paying the bills, you know, don't you appreciate all this work I'm putting in? <laughs> oh, I've said you know, that many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right, like it's really hard. I don't know how I have the most patient and understanding wife in the world. Yeah, you must. And, 
and you do you probably do too i mean i i remember what you were doing like two hour commutes or something from san diego every day six hours a day total of commute yeah it's brutal man Jesus. it's super super hard i've seen this this what this business is a widowmaker i've seen countless people lose girlfriends and potential yeah. wives there was one particular guy that i work with who he was really in love with this woman and she called it off because he was just there working all the time yeah know? i think i know that same person yeah and yep. yeah and, and, and it's important she probably wasn't right for him though right well you know you the, could that's you could, what happens you could argue you, know? you could argue that but that's a little unfair though too it is unfair, you know? yeah, Be yeah. because because in her mind she probably loved him just as much but she's like you know what he's not getting it like is this the way i'm not going to commit to this yeah you know? yeah and so and some people need a, a more yeah. love than others you know and some people um uh i think my wife uh, maybe the same with your wife is she's uh, able to figure out like um to be okay with the situation to also find that there's there's um also benefits to it like where we're not we're not a kind of a smothering type of person in love we're not there to smother all the time you know Yep. I've been in relationships where I smothered the person. It's very unhealthy, you know, and, and yeah. you be, you become that person and you and that love becomes very sick and toxic because it's so it's on the it's always on the top shelf. It's always the highest thing. And well, it, but it, see, that that's that that, that's you. One? That's you stuffing a relationship into the God shaped box, though. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah. yeah and that's you're, interesting. You're, yeah. That's you're interesting. literally worshiping that relationship. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and and and, and, Ash and who the heck can put up with the pressure of being on that pedestal? Nobody can. That's why it pops. You know, it's like it doesn't exist. It doesn't. It doesn't last. You know, and and uh, your wife does. You do. You guys have you know talks and stuff like that. Have you guys um you know done marriage yes. marriage counseling? You don't have to tell me about that. Obviously, you don't have to share that kind of stuff. But I mean, no, because we, 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 my wife we, and I were again we were thinking about that, but we eventually we we got through it. Unfortunately, through communication and. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's everyday thing, you know. It's everyday. You're lucky. You're lucky yeah. that you were able to do that. You know, I I would recommend it to anyone. Personally, we've never done it, but mm -hmm. there were there were definitely times in our marriage when it probably would have saved us a lot of pain. You know. Yeah, yeah. To have an outside objective like person. It's so weird. I just watched The War of the Roses. Like, oh, night. that is. Oh, I it. love that movie. That is <laughs> I so great. I yeah. love how they. Well, just, Ash, you gotta see that. Oh, dude. That's what would have happened to you probably if you didn't. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have a Viking stove to ruin, but. <laughs> I have that, to check this have out. You, Ash, have you seen that? No, I've never seen it. Oh, no. I recommend oh. War of the Roses to any married couple. Yeah, it's, I'll have to like check it out. It's like the best movie. Oh, I'm gonna it check is. it out. I mean, the, the the act of being married and the marriage and all that stuff is such a. Um, for a while there, and especially in my childhood, I grew up with a single mom, and I didn't know my birth father, and I eventually was kind of adopted by my godfather, who I love. He's one of my favorite people in the world, but I think that uh, I always, I never really believed in it, to be honest, you know, until I met my wife. And then in the real hard parts of our marriage during all this prologue stuff and all that stuff, I really was thinking, you know what? It's not really natural to be married. But then there's moments where you just, uh, I think that was when I was just really being selfish, you know? I wasn't really thinking properly, you know. I don't know if you have these same kind of moments because I know marriage is probably like to me, a marriage, a keeping a marriage together is the, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. It um, is, and that's where we grow up. That's where we go from boys to men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, we do. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, single guys out there that are hearing this. You know, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, 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 if if you're if you're still a little boy sitting on 
on your tail playing video games and not caring about the world. <laughs> there oh, we yeah. go, man. I, I think I think everyone just kind of shut the conversation off. Oh, that was a, yeah, that was they beautiful. probably did. that was a nice slap of reality. <laughs> well, well, True, but though. I've done it. I, I say that because I've done it. Yeah, well, we've all been there, you know. And yeah, and I, and you and when you when you challenge yourself like that and stretch yourself you become such a better person and your work becomes so much better yeah it's true but my, my family and i'm sure with you your family gives you so much that that um it's it's really hard to even kind of like you don't know you don't notice it until later on you know but there's moments you know um not necessarily like oh they give you a cool creative idea they just give you life you know well no yeah. no the thing is is that we when we learn how to really sacrifice ourselves you know, we we feed a side of our spiritual being that really makes us whole and complete. Yeah. You know, this because this life isn't about taking. You know, no, it's it's, a, about, it's about it's about sharing, but sharing is just one aspect of that. You know, actually laying down yourself for the better of somebody else takes it to a whole new level. It does. It does, and that's a very um, uh, it's a it's a rare rare trait. Um, it's hard to even find within my own self sometimes. You know. And I don't know if that's because I was kind of a single child growing up. My brother wasn't around, and I don't like I don't know if that comes from just kind of being. I grew up. I, I left when I was 14. I it kind of was like the world was against me, and I felt like you know it's it's either I do something or, or I get or I I'm done, you know. But being married, it changed that whole. I had to had to be less selfish. <laughs> it's really sounds horrible, you know, to say that, but I had to. We're all to, we're all that way. We're, but it's, every every single one of us is. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah. it's cool to know that because I think like sometimes I feel horrible for the things that I do or and I'm not like I'm doing bad things. I just don't feel like I'm I'm as good as I should be at certain things, you know? Like I'm not I'm not as good as a dad as I should be, you know. That's the that's the beauty of life though. You know, there's always something new to learn. No. Yeah, true, true. And that's what I think, um, and you're probably attracted to it as well with the creative field, is that um, you're always a student to it. You're never, you'll never be a master of it, ever. Absolutely. Nobody ever will. And nobody ever will. And the people that think they are are just a big joke. Because when you when you think that, you're, you've stopped. That's well, the and, sign. And, yeah, stopped. I mean, thank God that we're in a business that always changes. Every day you wake up, it's totally different. Yeah, every and, day. And, and you have to, but, but the beauty of the career thing in this in any trade is that you understand that there's a cyclical nature to everything and it's still the same thing you know yeah. like yeah. i used i remember as a younger designer i used to worry so much mm -hmm. that all of these books that i'm reading are going to be irrelevant but what i <laughs> but what i write but what i've learned is that these same principles that i'm learning from these books just get shifted you know and i get to i could learn this other thing much quicker now because i understand the, the core principles this is cool right here by the way awesome. can you talk a little bit more danny about like when you were really learning the your your craft as far as like you say reading the books and thinking if this is going to be relevant when you were reading all these um, you know books and stuff like that like how were you putting it into practice as a designer, especially? Well, I, I came uh, with... Were you... Yeah. No, no, go ahead. That, that's a good question. Because um, for me personally, this is how I really got going in my career was because I understood my shortcomings, that I wasn't a very seasoned designer with a sophisticated perspective. My, my in or my thing was going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn the tools... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
learn every side of these tools that I have so I can do things that no one's thinking about. You know, like I could have, I could find a way to gain an advantage on the people who are established in the business if I learn how to do these tools. And so I would read like, I would be insanely just like, I'd read everything cover to cover. You know, like a lot of people, they'll read the startup guides or whatever and they'll just get going. I do that now. I mean, I learned that a lot of that energy I didn't have to do. You know, I didn't have to put so much energy into that stuff. But I wanted to learn everything about everything so there would be I could just take advantage of all you know of everything that these apps could do and in, in a lot of ways I was able to gain an advantage but then that was sort of out of balance for me I think I was a little bit too obsessed with it and I did spend a little bit too much time at it but it wasn't in vain because I still some issues come up that I can at least talk about like like for example I learned I tried very hard to learn Maya. You know, I tried to learn every side of it. There were some things I totally didn't get. Like I still don't, I don't understand, you know, certain ways to map things. I certainly don't understand character rigging, but I understand the principle of it and the concept of it. And I know how to communicate to, you know, a, a, v, a guy, you know, heavily in VFX so I could get across my idea to them. And that's what's important. Is, and that's where it's not in vain, is that when you learn about, about these things, at least you have a knowledge and an understanding of them at a surface level where you're having these conversations and you can direct people correctly. You're not just this, you know, loosey-goosey-like guy that doesn't... <laughs> yeah, 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 do people yeah. even say that anymore? Because... You're not this guy... That's <laughs> yeah. like, Dude, I use it every day. Yeah, loosey-goosey. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not this guy... You're not this guy that is just, like, blowing smoke. You know, because when you're talking to a, a serious team of VFX guys, that's yeah, the last yeah. thing they want to hear is some flippant designer who's on this cloud, you know, talking like he knows everything. They yeah. want to hear it. They want to hear you speaking to them in their language. Yeah, you know, that's and that's why, that's why that's important. And that's how I've had success leading these teams is that I've learned how to do that. There's a lot more I have to learn. Like I wish I knew how actors, you know, I wish I knew you know the craft of acting because i feel like a complete idiot when i'm trying to direct someone i i will i can actually recommend a book for you if you're if uh, there's a have you ever heard of stanislavski yes you should you should read a book called stanislavski directs you will understand kind of direction of actors and stuff like that that's if that's cool. what you i'd like if yeah that's what, that that's that's I, one side i'd really like to understand because all these people Kubrick read that book by the way just that's how I know about it oh well there you go I'm going on I'm going on Amazon right now Iggy <laughs> is really um, really great at recommending amazing books and we talk a lot about that that's how we've come to develop our friendship actually so I read a lot of that's because I'm like kind of a trying to grasp everything just that's why I'm asking you Danny about all this you know and everybody else even Gmon about the early beginnings because I'm trying to get a grasp on how people yeah. approach that yeah. stuff so i can at least grab an yeah. idea and yeah, maybe yeah. I should and you know. can you can limp along and you can get through a project by not knowing everything but you know how much more respect you have that's the thing that's the main thing about it is that you have you've earned their trust yeah when you know when it more importantly to them you feel like you're on the same team they feel like you know you're not just gonna bark commands at them that you can't fulfill yeah that's the other side of it too is that 
I never want to put someone through something that I couldn't do myself or, you know, like John Lasseter at Pixar does that too. James, James Cameron is the same kind of thing. He's better than everybody at their job. basically. Oh yeah. That's why he gets gets that respect, you know, on this set. Yep. And, and when you have that respect, you have loyalty that no one can mess with. Like your, your team is going to pull this off and you know, they're going to pull it off because you know, you're the same language. that's you got to do it right. You can't be like you can't lead from the rear. You got to lead from the front. Yeah, that's a big thing, for, especially for you and creative. Like because you you started off you like you say you're being humble, but you you said you're a crappy designer, and then you learned uh, under some really great guys, and then you started to develop yourself and develop your voice and and dig through the trenches, and then you became what you're most commonly uh, hired for, and 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 you're focus on job is, is more creative direction right where you, you're more of the idea guy and you do direction you do more directing I am now I, I am now but mostly because out of necessity like I'm not young anymore you know yeah. and, I, and 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 the bigger thing is you I learned that a the lot. hard way <laughs> I learned you're not old either <laughs> well well he says it a lot though so watch out for it. <laughs> well what I mean is I can't I can't put in 20 hour days like I used to you know, yeah. like yeah. I actually one time I counted 36 hours I was sitting in that chair. Uh, but but here's the you're deal. You're a very hardworking person. But, yeah. And but, you know, when you when it comes to a point where it's wrecking your health, you got to stop and go, wait a minute. And that's what I mean, too, by every person reaches the end of themselves. That's one aspect of it is that we we just run out of strength. You know, we get yeah, older. We tr- we're, we're doing it during our 20s and 30s. And then we reach around 40 somewhere and we're going, crap, man. I can't do this anymore. And the more you try to hang on to that, your work is going to get dated, you know, because, because you're not, because you, you know, to keep it fresh, you do have to work very hard. So you have one of two options at that point. You can either focus on the pieces that really matter and make those good and hand them off. Or you could try to do the whole thing yourself and it just kind of comes out mediocre. (laughs) That's a good point to bring up though. I mean, that's true. Very true. I think the idea of people getting burnt out on their own work or their their work itself is like they're kind of harping on like they have a, you know, sometimes I think I was talking about it with a creative last night is that your work kind of hits into a bell, a bell curve, right? And you yourself and everything kind of lines up to that one moment where you just kind of explode. And for some people, they'll try to ride that out as long as they can. But no matter what, if they don't grow past it, the, the, the bell curve goes down, you know, and then there's a regression of your success. And I think if you can somehow figure out how to take breaks and, and manage yourself, I think there's, is it Stedemeister or what's a some Sagmeister? Sagmeister, yeah. He takes a year off every five years or something like that to re, yep. re, re like be reborn uh, creatively, yes. I think. But, but, but I think but, it's great. So, yes, but the, but the beauty of that too, though, it, well, here's here's the problem with it, is that when it when you first start doing it, it feels uncomfortable. You feel like, gee, you know, um, uh, I'm kind of, you know, um, you get a little insecure and you think that, well, gee, I must not be very good anymore because I rely on all these people. But what you don't understand is that, again, like this isn't this is still going to happen the way that you envision it. It's just it's going to get a lot better now. You know, yeah. because now you're collaborating and you're learning from them. They're learning from you. And and the whole project just takes on this. To- you get to the next level. Yeah. And then you're like, holy crap, man. This Energy. And, 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 and then you realize, too, that, you know, I'm really not selling out here because 
what what made me come to that realization was I look at I started seeing these film directors, and that's what they do. You yeah, know, they they literally start teams. a small they start a small company. They get the best people they can. Yep. But they're in charge. You know, and that film will not come out. It'll always be their thing. It's just that now their toolkit is much bigger and it's much more powerful. Absolutely. And that's just, that's what a creative director really is to me, at least. It's it's a small. It's a it's a person that helps run a job creatively. It's a director, basically, a director's position, and and that's how you were at Prologue. And you're talking about that energy and and, and collaborating with people. Can you um, maybe mention like a job that you felt that um, you were kind of on that fence where you discovered that it's better to, to rele release control and to collaborate and work with other people and then you oh, had that symbiotic yeah. relationship I and mean, there's got to be a lot because your your portfolio is just phenomenal and I and I get when I watched your stuff and I would used to just you know focus on it I would there's a really strong energy uh, to your work that not a lot of any I don't think like anybody else really has it's very much your work you know which is beautiful and and these are some projects that you can kind of like talk about maybe or just touch on. I don't know if you want to you know, go into detail, but, you know, no, that's that's fine. I, I'm well, I mean, certainly on every title I've ever made, I've needed help, except I think the only title I've literally done completely by myself is semi permanent. But when mm -hmm. you look at when you look at that, you know, there's a simple there's a there's an obvious simplicity to it, you know, because it's just one guy that's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But um where I really realized that the most was Iron Man 2. Like mm. there was, there was no way. I mean, of course, I mean, no one, you know, all of us knew. There's no way one guy could do this. But I found myself hanging on to things that I really needed to let go of because I was so excited about doing this. And of course, you know, working with Ilya, he that guy just completely destroys everything. <laughs> you're, but, you're talking about the user interface within the movie. Yeah, you know? like yeah, like that um, massive. That was a massive. You know, Thing. He That's and I, he and I started with the general ideas, you know. We did all these camera tests and all that, yeah. and then I was really into, you know. Then, then, uh, while I was trying to figure all that out, he started working on some designs, and they were just wonderful. Like he had taken something I started and took it, you know, two, three levels up, yeah. and that's where that's where you get that Beautiful. look. But, but then I was able, then you know, I'm seeing what he's doing, and I. I sharpened, you know, my stuff over here and vice versa. And we, we had this trade-off that was wonderful. And then, yeah. but, but then we had this point in time where we literally just had to divide it up. And so I worked on the 3D suits and he worked on all the interface stuff with this team of people. And I had a team of people and Paul had a team of people. And that's how all of that work came about. Unfortunately for me, um, the things that I was hanging on to were stupid stuff like, camera tracking i was redoing all my camera tracking so i was mm -hmm. disappointed with some things that i was seeing and so the creative side of what i was doing started to suffer and it made my stuff deliver a little bit late and unfortunately at the same time farrow was asked to take like an hour out of the film oh know? yeah that's a and, lot. and yeah. and when that happens they judge what needs to be taken out by the completed you know like it being, oh yeah it being completed is what you know can either make or break a scene you know if you yeah, don't yeah. if if you see it like so tony starks you know doing this thing with his with the rt putting in these 3d suits now i don't know the end story i don't know if they took it out because 
it wasn't finished yet or if they just took it out because they didn't want that they didn't see that as an important side of the story but it's certainly the unfinished quality of that you know i'm sure that affected that greatly and but it hurt you know it hurt a lot to get those scenes taken out and that was the yeah, point your in my babies own, yeah. my babies man they got not only that but i still had to deliver them and i could tell you nothing is worse than having oh. to deliver something that you know is not going to be in the film i was watching the your talk from sydney and you were talking about you know how you you were approached to do the animation for the title design sequence for Fred Claus, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and Danny collaborated. Yeah, and you guys did it. Yeah, and it looks so whimsical. It fit, you know? And then they decided to go with just some titles. Well, that, 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 was, stuff, that was just right? us making a silly bet. You know, we're, we're just like, they're going to love this. And, and he loved it, but... You know, did we really need to do all of that? You know, like it's Fred Claus for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, but you guys had fun though. You could. See we did. We had a, we had a lot of fun, and and uh, it, but it was just this weird thing. I don't know how they ended up on that. I still don't understand it. I almost wonder. That's the weird thing about this business, though. Too is you. You almost wonder if the filmmaker is like, you know what? I don't know if I want. This is a distraction to my film. You know, like it's yeah. good. I like it, but do I really want this on here? You know, yeah. And I've even I've even seen reviews where people have have they blast a film and then at the end of it they say something nice about the title and I feel <laughs> and I feel I feel <laughs> bad I've seen for lots that. Of that. Yeah. I feel bad for that guy. Like, how would you like to be that guy? That's like he busted his Suck. tail for two years and then this Ten stupid years sometimes. yeah and then this goofy guy at the end of the process gets credit. You know, that's yeah. kind of that would suck. <laughs> So you're talking about clashing of egos and interests and stuff like that, yeah. And the, you're so you're saying you you're you you kind of uh, are just kind of predicting or thinking that sometimes when you make something too cool, it, you don't want it might overshadow certain things, and that's probably like what makes like tile sequences like when Kyle and and whoever worked on Seven with him, uh, it fit perfectly for the film, and it was like I always felt like it was the perfect way of like when you sit down to watch a play, the curtains open. And that was like the way of like we're entering Fincher's world, and I thought Kyle had just nailed it perfectly and, and reinvigorated yeah. that whole uh, the whole industry itself upon that thing and, and sparked yeah. you know prologue and everything and yeah and it, and it was cool and it was really smart and, and wise of him to to attract himself to you and you guys collaborate and then working on all these things and then it's almost like it, it came into it turned into title sequences and into the user interface stuff. But it always, it was always like when when I had I had sent out my work to like 50 shops and Prologue was the only one to respond to me, and that was like, oh, that was the gold mine, you know, like because <laughs> I, right? I always thought like not to be a jerk, I always thought that Prologue was the best, the best work, the work that I related with most um, as a fan was your guys' stuff, you know, and, and I think it, it comes down to um, a lot of these things that we're talking about is just the hard work ethic and putting things into it and actually taking those risks, like you said with like. Fred Clausic, you guys did above and beyond anything I'm sure that you needed to, right? Yep. But you did it because you were having fun and you felt like, hey, this yeah. guy might like it, you know? But Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the points I make at the end of my speech is just that. Is that just because, don't, don't like calculate how this is going to turn out and then not do your thing. Like, just do the best you can. You're either, if it gets nixed, that's okay. You're going to learn from something and you're going to have a portfolio piece, you know? Yeah. Like don't don't ever try to like figure that out because you're not going to do anything if you do that. There's a 
there's a, a proverb that says, you know, he who watches the wind does not sow. You know, he, he who watches the mm. clouds won't reap. You know, no, we can't, we can't try true. to figure that stuff out. Yeah, you got to keep your focus on it. I mean, that's a similar example as the, all the Iron Man stuff, you know, like just all that stuff. I'm proud of just being able to show it, you know, even though it didn't win or didn't make it. I was still like I put a lot of my like love and, and had a lot of fun, a lot of late nights trying to get that to what I wanted it to be, you know. Yeah, Which is every, like, it, it, every is good thing, every good thing sees the light of day, you know, so, it's true. So, My brother would always say that, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's, it's never a waste. You know, all hard. There's another proverb that says all hard work yields a profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Mm. You know, you got to just, yeah. and good. all hard work, like even stuff that gets trashed, you're going to learn something from it. It's all a good thing. The world will recognize it, you know, and that's one thing I would always tell my friend Nathan, who does a fine art painting. I would always tell him, like, with his paintings, I think I showed you, Danny, we went to Tool with him when we saw Tool and he came yeah. out. But I, I would always tell him, I'd say, because he would, he would constantly fight himself. And I'd say, you know what, the thing with your art is I think people, um, and I kind of think same with your art and everybody else's, is that when you really put the time in, you really put that honest time in. It's like a un. It's like a language that most people can connect with. Like if they see something magnificent, they'll 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 relate that to time, unconsciously or consciously, yes. and they'll go like, "Wow, I can't even fathom how much time it must have taken for a person yeah. to develop themselves that strong to be able to create that." And there's like then that goes back to like if you just do if you just focus on doing the best that you can and putting out the work. Um, good work never gets unseen basically like the world will react either one way or another you know which right. is so true and so beautiful right. and, and I and I couldn't agree more with that you know I, I remember this one gentleman that I worked for um, saying to me he didn't want to have anything in the real that wasn't a legitimate project and mm -hmm. I, I just thought that was weird like I thought what made a real cool is the stuff that people hadn't seen you know yeah, and I've always I've always believed in that that you don't have to be ashamed as a studio to show stuff that didn't make it. Like, oh yeah, it's the best actually. It's yeah, pe people thrive on that stuff. Of course, you know you have to reach a point in the conversation where you got to describe to them what that was. And if you don't have completed projects, they're going to be like, "What the heck? You know, does this guy not finish anything?" But <laughs> yeah, but you but you can't have that mentality. You know that it has to be official that yeah. way. Like like that's that's what makes design so wonderful. You know it's especially today you know it's all about just these inspiration yeah it's it's you do, what do you think do you think we're on this like whole renaissance kick or what do you think are we are in the, we we are in the renaissance yeah you firmly agree that then yeah because i agree too i think that true. we we are we're, we, it's definitely this will be written in history books as the renaissance it, you know it, a war could destroy it you know a, a may you know our bad economy almost did you know but it yeah. did but it's definitely a renaissance. And that's where they all end. Wow. You know, is there something just overtakes that, you know, financially or catastrophically? Yeah. yeah, but it's a really powerful age of um, conveying ideas. And, and, you know, like, look at us right now. We're, we're all in different locations, but we're using our computers and technology to 
um, have a pretty heartfelt, interesting conversation that I really I love, and we're going to be able to broadcast that out to everybody. And, and in yeah. a dawn of a renaissance or in an age of, of really prominent growth in humanity, is communication is always at the forefront of that. Yeah. And you'd have, you know, um, and, and that just breaks down to what I think is very. It's going to be shot into space. <laughs> what I think <laughs> it's true. I mean, sound waves they go everywhere, you know, and <laughs> yeah, some, some alien's going to get this little pod. They're going to be like, "What the heck, man? Dude, what is that title sequence?" <laughs> I they'll will be, kill these guys. They'll, they'll, they'll be like, why? Imagine. They'll be like, why am I looking at fifty-two pictures of the same person? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't even get me started on the, the idiocracies of this society. But, uh, but I think that even with all that, there's always a good and a bad. It's like it's like I always look at the internet as being a gun. It's like you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. And, and people, you know, manipulate it and use it for good. And people use it for bad. And I, I think what's really cool, and G-Monk talked about it as well. And, and, and you and I have had talks, a lot of talks about it, especially with when you're redoing your site and, and re-showing yourself. And I was surprised to hear, for me, it was really crazy because you had, a, and I hope you don't be mad at me for saying, but you had a lot of doubt, I felt. You know, like I felt like you were doubting yourself. And is that did you did, was I wrong or you was that oh, ab- kind of absolutely? But I, mean, I was I like, did, dude, you're Danny. Uh, come on, <laughs> like if I well, could go to Prologue well, for a year and come out and do my own thing, then uh, yeah, you should never have a problem with anything ever. Well, but it's know? it's every every filmmaker, every writer, everyone that needs a huge force to do what they do is this way. Yeah. You know, I I mean, we're this way even on our own when we know you know when we're doing things by ourselves because we're just so concerned that and maybe that's maybe that was kind of not healthy either for me to worry about what the public is going to see in this new phase of my life but it was important to me I felt with that semi-permanent piece to do it by myself because I needed to prove to myself that I'm still the same person I'm still making stuff that's cool yeah you know and, and, it and I and it showed you it, it was validation it, but you know, during that time, I drove my wife absolutely crazy. You know? <laughs> I was this just weirdo person freaking out every day, you know, worried about this thing. Well, we, yeah. And but it was a relief. You know, yeah. it was it was a relief to me personally to be like, okay, all right, I'm still Please. a designer. I could still do this stuff. You know, but gee, man, I really love. It also helped me appreciate again, you know, having a lot of people around me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we can talk a little bit about that if you want, like the depression of it, because um, we had talked a little bit about it. You don't have to. We, don't, we can talk. What is this depression that you keep mentioning? Like what happens? Well, well what happens, let, I can explain that is that, you know, it's not like a lot of people see it, at, at least at Prologue, as though somehow you're brainwashed and then you get burned out and then you're never the same person again. I don't see it that way. I see it like you it requires so much of you to be any shop that you're in that's at the top of their game you know everyone's giving because you we there's all this understanding that you're in this harvest man and this thing's on fire and and you have to really contribute to it but when you're out of it when you finally leave it the depression is you just kind of resetting you know it took me literally a month before i started to feel normal again i was that burned out i didn't even know it and i had been functioning on those fumes for the last five years you know and it's no one's fault it's not a company's fault it was my fault you know because i wasn't i wasn't managing my life in a healthy i mean you know it's tough like this business the the challenge with prologue has always been 
that we have so much going on. You know, people are calling us so much and, and they're not offering it. You know, titles don't pay that well. No, they, they really, don't. they really they don't. don't. Pay the bills, yeah, they don't. They pay don't, the bills. and and so you have to supplement that with very large jobs, you know, and 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 titles are no less work either, and that's the challenge with prologue is that you have so much work that has to be poured into that, and then you got so much work that has to be poured in these things to supplement that, and a lot of people that go through there don't understand that. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, let's you know, it. yeah, forget about, you know, we're not talking about Kyle's thing or whatever. I mean, every some people deal with people in a nice way. Some people just aren't that way because they're very focused, you know. Yes, and yes, I, definitely. And Kyle's and a very not, int focused, intense person, though. So yeah, yeah. And, and I and and to be fair, like he has a lot that he has to deal with, you know. He's every day, and and he wants to and he wants to do his creative thing too. That's his greatest challenge and struggle. That's that's why he gets frustrated is because it's very hard to do that. Yeah. You know, it, but, you know, we're all different. We, we all have our own issues to deal with to make that easier. I don't think it has to be. I, I think uh, anyways, that's no, none of my business to talk about. But but the, that's also why a lot of people like Steve Jobs are such geniuses is what they do is because they have that ability to really focus. Yeah. You know? But okay. um because of that kind of focus, you know, Prologue was always known as one of the best places in the world to do this stuff. So you got all this stuff hitting you at one time and it never stops. Never does. Yeah. Never does. And so the depression was really just kind of resetting myself from all of that. You know? You're saying it was months that you were, you had it, you didn't realize it, and then it kind of just hits you. Right? It hits you and... and uh, don't even realize it too, though. Yeah. You don't realize it. Was this after you left? Yeah, it was after right? I left, and it comes in the form of self-doubt, you know, and it, and and you're like, you know, you feel like, gee, you know, I'll never. So you, you do you feel like I'm sorry, let's cut you off real quick. But do you feel like you were holding holding on to that? It was like a, a safe safe place, yeah. and then once you're out, yeah, that's well, that doubt, that's doubt. that's what it is. It's like you break yeah. off a relationship. You know, and, you, and you're like, and then you start thinking about all the good times you had, and and then, and <laughs> then you're bad. yeah, and then you're wondering like, like why did I do that? You know, and and uh, am I ever going to be the same again? You know, it's yeah. that same thing. But for me personally, eight years is a long time to be at any company in this business. It was the longest Ooh. I've ever been anywhere. At the best one too. Almost, at the right? best Re one. Yeah, regarded. At, yeah. No, hand, no question about that. You yeah. know. And that's what made you, I think, grow to that level. But I think I found it even just after that year of intensity and coming back home and finding myself again, I hit depression really hard for like three weeks. And I was in completely rare form. As people that know me and you, and you guys get to know me and Danny, I'm usually a very upbeat and positive and happy. And it was like, it was just those times just very, ugh. So when you were telling me about these things, I was like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like a... I, I would kind of relate it to like a relationship. Yeah, that's how I would think of it. Or like um, at Prologue, it's like this really just beautiful woman that you you have this passionate relationship with. And then when when, <laughs> when, when you when you leave that, when you break that off and then you have to go back to like a different thing, it's like, 
man, this isn't even what I want, you know, like this is, uh, yep. it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful, seductive beast, you know, uh, to do that kind of work, to work with those kind of people, you know, it's very addicting to go in, I would be on the train, I'd be like, yeah, I get to go work with Danny today, and I get to talk with Ilya, and I get to work with Alistair, and Paul, and Simon, and everybody, Lisa, and, and it just feel, it felt great every day, and I would just go and bug everybody, and, and, and to, to disconnect from that is very hard. And I can see why people get caught up in that and, and stuck in that, you know, but I really feel like what I want to bring up about the depression is, is important to figure out how to rediscover yourself. You know, every creative person hits it and any creative person that's worth anything or has any sense of uh, their own self uh, can get past it. it. But it comes through perseverance, I think, and, and rediscovering yourself and, and learning from those things, you know. Like your weaknesses are your greatest strengths at times, understanding them, I mean, I mean, at least, you know, and that's one thing. But I know you gotta go. I have one extra question because I think this is really important. And we're gonna make this part one because I'm gonna have you on as many times as you want. So this will just be part yeah. one. This will be a little nugget, okay? <laughs> if you want, I'm, not, I'm, I'm totally imposing myself on you, but uh, Let, I wanna- Let's see if people are interested in hearing this crap. You know? Yeah, maybe they'll hate us. No, I, <laughs> oh, I hell really think they'll be like, Danny on again. Oh man, dude, like, <laughs> who, who's on next? Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not gonna happen. No, no way. <laughs> I mean, this is great stuff. It's all gold. What I want to talk about too before you go is, um, where where are you going? I got I got, I got three minutes. Okay, your future. Where are you going? And then and then if you have anything that you want to say for any um, listeners or new designers, uh, like just words of advice. But where where is Danny going? Anyone, no more, really. There's no more prologue, I guess. And I think that you're pushing yourself and you're and you're going to discover yourself. And, and you know, um, any interesting or curious ears that are listening, what what's the future? What are we going um, I'm, I'm, Right now, I'm trying to figure out how I want to spend the, la- the next, the last probably five to 10 years of my career. And it, what's interesting for me right now is I just got a call from a company, from a Silicon Valley company that's in the medical field, and they want UI work for these amazing machines that they have. They're like robots. Awesome. You know? And and I'm like, man, I actually found myself getting really excited about that. That's great, dude. You know, and who knows? I mean, it may work. It may not work. At the same time, I've got, you know, some side things going on that'll keep things afloat a little bit. But... I've kind of, I feel like I've kind of had my run with a lot of this stuff I've been doing for the last 10 years and I wouldn't mind kind of focusing on something like that for a while. So we'll see, you know, but the beauty in all of this is that design is all encompassing over so many different, you know, things, whether it be product design or, or clothes or film or whatever, it's, it's still the same thing. It's just, and, and you find yourself moving along your career that way. It's like you're balancing the entirety of your career by exploring all these different areas. Absolutely. No, that's, that's great to hear. And, you know, like whatever you do, I'm sure it's going to be a, a fun ride. It's going to be a challenge, I'm sure, because you, you, don't, you don't do it without challenge. So. Well, and what I would say to every young designer is don't do this if you don't really love it. I mean, check yeah, yourself yeah. and go you know, what am I getting into? Because it's a lot of work, you know, and, and you will not survive it if you're not passionate about that. I meet guys all the time who they're great at compositing, but somehow in their mind, they think that they're a director and they strive and they work and they kill themselves over it, but they're not, you know, and you have to reach a point where you really understand your gift and don't, don't look at your gift as inferior to anyone else's gift. We're all made with a gift. You know, instead, like, take advantage of it. Be the best darn roto artist you could possibly be. 
you know yeah like just get out there and and get known for what it is that you're good at because that's that's the only thing that's going to carry you in this business absolutely that's awesome that's great advice just lead with your heart and be passionate because no, if any do it any other way you're you're going to fail well but more importantly never never look at your gift as something less than someone else we're all we all have one thing that we could do really well you know sure. and and that person that directs could really appreciate a good roto artist because they don't have to worry about that stuff you know true very true that's awesome well, I, got, I gotta go but the, thank you so for much for, yeah thank you so yeah. much for being on uh we really appreciate it and you're a phenomenal person and i really hope you have an amazing day and i'll text message <laughs> we, you we later we got through it we got through we it. did we did and i apologize again for the technical difficulties but no, we'll work on that as we continue but um no, yeah thank you so much dude Thanks for People are not going to feel it because it's going to be edited anyway. Okay. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. There we go. Uh, yeah. Hey, what kind of, I just have a question for you. What kind of audio do I get to have underneath? Oh, yes. Uh, what do you want? Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask you that. This is so funny. Like, what kind of music <laughs> would you, you, you want? Like, like bluegrass or something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, do you, <laughs> do you really want it? Because no, 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 I no, can put no, on no. anything. No, <laughs> I'll send you. you know, I, I love that. I love that ambient stuff, but that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of droopy and droopy. <laughs> Do it. No, I'm, I'm just kind of messing with you. But I'll thanks for the song you send me. To... <laughs> I can't put on a nice mix of everything. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just messing around. Some <laughs> put some Cypress Hill in there. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. <laughs> Metallica. Yeah. Metallica. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. That's right. actually a good idea. But, okay, well, have a great day, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on. And if you guys want to follow him, uh, his website's dannyalt.com. And uh, is your what's your uh, Twitter uh, handle? Is it at Dan? I have, Danny? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go to his website, and I think it's all from there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, yeah. And stuff, it all comes from there. So yeah. You could you could just Twitter my name, and all this yeah. stupid yeah. stuff comes up It'll about how, how retarded I am. And all that. <laughs> cool. Have have a good day, guys. Cheers, Danny. Right. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Bye.